Thank you, Pastor Dave. Our theme for Advent this year is rejoicing and rejoicing together. We want to rejoice in all of the events that accompany the Christmas season. The birth of John the Baptist was associated with Christ's birth, and it was a cause of rejoicing. We saw that last week. Elizabeth and Zechariah uh, rejoiced at the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist, as well as the neighbors. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. The angel had said to Zechariah that the birth of John the Baptist would be a cause of rejoicing for many. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. The reason that many will rejoice at John the Baptist's birth is because through the ministry of John the Baptist, many people will come to place their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke 1, 16, And he, that is John the Baptist, will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. The many rejoice because they come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we learn that Mary rejoiced in God, her Savior. And we can rejoice with her, for we know him as our Savior as well. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We are going to focus on the Magnificent and then look at it as it relates to the preceding verses. Luke 1, 46 and 47 are the key verses. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So we're going to look at the reasons that Mary had for rejoicing in God her Savior this morning. The first reason Mary rejoices is because God had mercy upon her. Notice verse 48. For he, that is God, has looked on the humble estate of his servant, that is Mary. What's included in that idea that that God looked on her humble estate? Well, first of all, it conveys the idea that God was aware of her humble estate. A state. God was conscious of her condition. But not only was God conscious of it, much more he was going to do something about it and he was going to use her in spite of her lowly position in life. God could have chosen a rich and powerful woman to give birth to his son, but he did not. He chose Mary, a person of humble or lowly circumstances. She had no money. She had no status. She had nothing to commend her in the eyes of the world. Such people are normally overlooked. They are not singled out for honor. Rather, they are usually taken advantage of. The scriptures state how the authorities 
took advantage of Jesus because of his lowly position in life. This state of humility, this humiliation, this humble service, this humble circumstance is found only three times in the New Testament. One of them in association with Jesus. In Acts 8.33 it says, in his humiliation, that's referring to Jesus, in his humiliation, justice was denied him. One of the reasons that he was denied justice in the court of law in his day, in the time of Pilate, it says it was because of his humiliation, because he was poor, because he was despised in the world's eyes. Even today, there seems to be a double standard in our court system for those of wealth and prestige and honor, as opposed to those who come from the other side of the tracks and don't have that prestige, that wealth, and that honor. All too often, they are taken advantage of. But she rejoices because God is holy and right and good. He has changed her status, her circumstance. But what does that change in status include? First, let me talk about what doesn't include. She did not move from a life of poverty to a life of wealth. Mary and Joseph were poor. They were always poor. We know that they were not wealthy from the very sacrifice that they offered when they came offering a sacrifice after the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. They came offering the cheapest sacrifice that was available in that day. There were choices of sacrifices that could be made. They offered the cheapest one, not because they were cheap by nature, not because they were withholding from God, but simply because they had so little. They had so little. She did not move from a life of hardship to a life of ease. After all, she gave birth in a stable. She did not even move from a life of suffering to a life of pure bliss. For she is told by Simeon, upon presenting Jesus to him, Simeon said to Mary, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. With the birth of the Lord Jesus would come a lot of hardship. There'd become a lot of pain. There'd there'd be ridicule. There'd be disrespect. There would be the suffering of seeing her son hang upon a cross, accused wrongfully. So it's not a life of bliss. Then we need to ask, well then what was the change in her status. What was it that moved her from a place of humiliation, of lowliness, to a high and exalted position? 
What did that consist of? Answer, she was now going to be the mother of the Lord. Mother of the Lord. How exalted a position was that? Look at Luke 1, 42. When she, that is Mary, comes into the presence of Elizabeth, notice Elizabeth's words. Luke 1, 42. And she, that is Elizabeth, exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now these words. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. Answer, Elizabeth viewed herself as privileged to be in Mary's presence. Notice verse 43. Why is this granted to me? Why would this be allowed to happen to me? Why am I so honored that, no, what it says, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She's talking about Mary. She's saying, Mary, what an honor for you to be in my house. Remember who Mary is. Mary is a relative of Elizabeth. King James says cousin. That word, we really don't know exactly what it means, how close a relative, but she's a relative of Elizabeth. Elizabeth is much older. She's barren than Mary. Mary is a young woman probably visited Elizabeth's house many times. Probably was babysat by Elizabeth. Played around her. Watched over her. And now on this occasion, Elizabeth turns to this young relative and says, how am I so privileged that you have come to my house? What made the difference? She's the mother of the Lord. She had this unique privilege. She was the mother of the Lord. And that exalted her. That put her in a high and privileged state. There is so much that can be said about that but I'm not going to go down that road. Rather, I'm going to cut to the chase and say, well, but what does that have to do with us? We're talking about rejoicing together. And, wow, yes, she's the mother of the Lord. High and exalted position. What's that got to do with me? Well, this morning, you know, you and I have an exalted position. You and I are privileged this morning. God has looked upon us in our loneliness, and he has exalted us. Because you know what your title is now? 
child of God. She's the mother of God. And we are the children of God. And 1 John 3, 1 says this, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. What a privilege to be seen as part of God's family. So, may we never succumb to the materialism of this Christmas season. People around us are associating privilege with wealth. Blessing with materialism. May we never fail to rejoice in our exalted privilege in being called the children of God. It says from this time forward, people will be viewing Mary differently. Mary will be viewed as blessed by God. Notice verse 48. For behold, from now on all generations shall call me blessed. All generations. You know, here we are, 2,000 years later, and we are still talking about the blessedness of Mary and how privileged she is. Mary's being viewed as being blessed begins at that very moment. In fact, Mary's assertion that all generations will call her blessed is a response to Elizabeth having first called her blessed. Notice verse 45. Blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed. But now I want us to think for a moment about what does that blessedness consist of? Why should we view Mary as blessed? Mary says in verse 49, For he that is mighty has done to me great things. He that is mighty has done great things for me. So Mary rejoices because God has done great things for her. Great things means astonishing things, unimaginable things, virtually unbelievable things. Things are plural. It doesn't just say that he did a great thing, but he did great things. Plural, many things. And I want us to focus this morning on one aspect of those many things. Because it's included first. And the first aspect of that great thing that Jesus did excuse me, that God did for Mary was to enable her to believe. Notice verse 45. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. What was spoken was that she was going to have a child. She was going to have a child even though she was a virgin. And she is blessed having believed that 
she was going to have a child even though she was a virgin. But I ask you a question. Is she blessed because she believed? Or is she blessed having believed? And I would submit to you that the answer is both, but they're not equal in part. The second is greater than the first. Let me give you a parallel idea. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God, that should come into the world. And Jesus answered and said, Listen, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to thee, but God. Simon, you are blessed. Why is it that so many say, who's Jesus? He's, the, he's a prophet. He's Elijah. He's Jeremiah. Why makes the difference? Why did you say that I am the Son of God? The answer is not found in man. The answer is it's been revealed to you by God. God had blessed Mary in leading her to believe that she would have a child. I want you to follow the train of thought in the preceding verses. How God led Mary to believe. How God enabled Mary to believe. The emphasis on God's activity. First, God had sent an angel to speak to Mary. Luke 1.26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. God initiated all of this to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So God dispatched an angel specifically to go and speak to Mary. The angel told Mary that Mary was highly favored of God. Verse 28. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. Now notice verse 30. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. God looks upon you favorably. He is going to do a favor for you. The angel told Mary that the Lord was with her, verse 28. The angel told Mary that she would have a child, verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. Mary wonders how this could be possible. Verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be? I'm a virgin. 
The angel replies, will be accomplished by the power of God, verse 35. The angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The angel then cites the power of God in enabling Elizabeth to have a child, verse 36. And behold, the relative Elizabeth, in her old age, also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. God can do this. He's already worked in Elizabeth's life. The angel reminds Mary that God can do anything, verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. God can do whatever he wants. Mary then believes and submits to what the angel said, verse 38. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now think about this. Remember, it is Elizabeth who tells Mary that she is blessed, that is, Mary is blessed, having believed the message that was given to her. Elizabeth understands how blessed it is to believe. Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, had not initially believed when an angel told him that Elizabeth would have a child. Luke 1, 13 and 14, the angel said unto him to Zechariah, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered, verse 19, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you. Just as the angel was sent to speak to Mary. To bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day these things be, take place. Why? Because you do not believe my words. Which be, be, will be fulfilled in your time. Notice, it did not take belief on the part of Zechariah for this to come to pass. It was going to come to pass, despite his failing to have believed. The blessing is not that she believed, and therefore all these things are going to happen. No, the blessing is all these things are going to happen And she believed it right from the start. Right from the get-go. She asked, how can this be? He said, it's going to be by the power of God, and God can do anything. And she believes that. What's that got to do with us this morning? We have believed and the Lord is with us. And it is the grace of God that we have come to place our faith and our trust in the great things that God has done. The Christmas message is astonishing. The Christmas message is incomprehensible. God sending his son 
to be born of a virgin. That was hard for Mary to accept that she was going to have a son. She was blessed because God enabled her to believe. Now, 2,000 years later, you and I are called upon to believe that a virgin gave birth to a child. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? If you do, it's because you believe that God can do great things. It's because you believe that God is powerful. It's not because you're stupid. It's not because you're ignorant, unlearned, or unthoughtful. You know, uh, people have the strange idea that if you have any intellect at all that you're not going to believe the Bible. It's not true. It's not true. Why do we believe this morning? Answer, because we have been blessed. Because we have been favored by God. Because God has opened our eyes to understand this truth. Because we, like Mary, believe in the power of God. It has never been a struggle for me to believe in the virgin birth. I accepted the Lord as my Savior when I was five years old. At five, we don't know a lot of things. And we can easily be duped into believing things that are not true. This Christmas season, there are a lot of children that are believing a message about Christmas that isn't true. But when I got older, and I got more mature, and I went off to college, and I learned about the birds and the bees, and I learned about how birth takes place and all those things, I still never struggled with a virgin birth. It made sense to me. A God who created the heavens and the earth, a God who was able to speak this earth into existence could certainly cause a virgin to bear a child. A God who created man from the dust of the earth could certainly cause a virgin to have a child. I could go on and on. It makes sense to me. But the reason it makes sense to me is because of the gift of faith. That's what the gift of faith is, that it enables you to see the sensibility of believing in God. She was, she was blessed because she believed the angel. We are blessed this morning for having believed that message. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. But not only that, 
Mary is blessed in believing because she has believed in the truth. Look at verse 45. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed are you because you believed that this would happen. So she is blessed because God enabled her to believe this. But secondly, she is blessed because what she believed is the truth. Notice verse 42. And she, Elizabeth, exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. It is Elizabeth that announces to Mary her pregnancy. The scripture says that Mary went with haste after the angel had told her that she was going to conceive. She went with haste. She made a beeline to Elizabeth because the angel had announced to Mary that Elizabeth was pregnant. Because the verses before us told us that Elizabeth is in hiding. She doesn't want anybody to know at this point that she's impregnant. So it is the angel who tells Mary that Elizabeth is pregnant. It is when Mary comes to Elizabeth that Elizabeth announces that Mary is pregnant and Elizabeth knows that Mary is pregnant because John the Baptist, who's the forerunner, who prepares people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, leaps in her womb in celebration of the birth. Which causes Elizabeth to say, Blessed are you and the fruit of your womb. Mary, it has come to pass. You're pregnant. We are blessed this morning. Not simply because we believe the gospel. People, we are blessed because the gospel is true. Because the Savior of the world has been born. He has looked upon our humiliation. And he's borne our sin. Dying on the cross. He died. He rose again. And he's coming again. We are blessed because what we believe is true. I just alluded to the myth that surrounds a certain someone at this time of year that a lot of children are putting their faith in and believing in and taking great joy and excitement in and one day are going to wake up to the fact that they've been deluded. It's not true. It's not true. There are a lot of people today that are celebrating all kinds of religious holidays and festivities that someday they're going to be disappointed because it's not true. It's not just belief. It's what you believe in. And Mary's blessed because 
she believed the truth. And this morning, we are blessed because we have believed the truth. We will never be disillusioned. One day, we will stand before our Savior. And he will say to us, enter into the joy of the Lord. That's what we're celebrating this morning. The truth of the gospel message. One day our faith will come to sight. Thirdly, Mary rejoices because the sovereign God, who is sovereign and all-powerful, uses that authority for her well-being. Verse 49, for he who is mighty has done to me for me great things. And now these words, and holy is his name. God is holy, meaning that God acts righteously for it is consistent with his holy character. God has done what is right. What is right. Therefore, she magnifies the Lord. Verse 46, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She's rejoicing, and she says with her, with her, her soul, she magnifies the Lord, her spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The soul there refers to the whole being. With all of her being, she magnifies the Lord, meaning that her entire life draws attention. When you think of of magnifying, okay, think of a, a magnifying glass. When you put it over a word, it just makes it bigger. She is saying that her life magnifies the mercy and grace of God. It just puts it on display. It shows the power and grace of God, not only in what she says, but in her very pregnancy. By all that she is going to experience through her life. And what is true for Mary is true for all people. Look at verse verse 50. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Those who fear him from generation to generation. What does it mean to fear the Lord? The fear of the Lord is twofold. It is first of all to believe And then secondly, it is to submit. To believe and to submit. Notice Luke 1.38. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She believed the word and she submitted to it. Fine. That's what God wants from me. That's what I will do. I will be the mother of the Lord. God's mercy is 
when we believe his message and submit to do whatever he would have us to do. This morning, we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice, first of all, because a gift has been given. That is the Son of God. That is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We rejoice, if I can put this in a crude way, because not only were we given a gift, but the batteries were included. Not only were we given the gift of a Savior, we were given the faith to believe in that Savior. What a cause of rejoicing this morning. That God granted us a Savior. God enabled us to believe. And God has brought us to a place of submitting ourselves to his authority. We are blessed because God has done for us unimaginable things, unthinkable things, great things, unbelievable things, apart from his grace. But by his grace, they are believable. And they're believable because they're true. We can rejoice with the mother of God as the children of God. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the message that is given, that is true for every generation. A message of the need of a Savior. And thank you, O God, for the grace in our lives that has brought us to that place. Even as you led Mary to believe, you have led us to believe in the good news of a Savior being born. Thank you this morning for that blessing. Thank you that we are called the children of God. Oh, what manner of love God has bestowed upon us to be called the children of God. So, Lord, may our soul magnify you today. With our whole being, may we show forth the grace and power of God in our lives. And in our spirit, may we rejoice in God our Savior together this day. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.